Well, good morning again. Good morning. Come on, let's, are, we, are we happy, happy to be here? Come on. I'm excited to be here. Got a lot of good things to say, and I've only got about an hour and a half to do that. So we're going to have to, I'm joking, I'm joking. First time guests, like, get the kids, let's go. It's one of those, it's one of those churches. I'm just messing. I'm messing. What to do when you don't know what to do. We're in week two of this uh, series, okay? And, and I'm excited to share that last week we talked about it's time to gather up. Gather up. Get together. What to do when you don't know what to do. How many of you have said that recently? I don't know what to do. Listen, if we, if we, if we knew 2020 was going to turn out like this, okay, we would have probably, as campus pastors and leaders, of, we would have probably planned some series some that looked kind of like this. Seven tips for surviving the end of the world. Guys, today we're going to preach about seven things, just seven tips just to handle it. Okay, here we go. What's, what's next? What's next? It's just, it, it might not work out. <laughs> I've had that look on my face most mornings. I'm like, mm, I don't know if this is going to work out today, Jesus. What's the last? I think we got one more. Yes! Why? <laughs> why, God, Why? Oh, man, I think we've all asked that. Why, God, have you forsaken me? What is happening? Man, I hope today that you learn a couple of things that you can really apply to your life that says in the middle of crisis, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of the unknown, even when I don't know what to do, that I can walk out today knowing I know something, I know one thing that I need to do. Uh, recently, my, my, uh, who loves a good vacation? Did y'all go on summer vacation this year? Uh, the summer, some some of you did went, went on vacation. Well, we 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 just we did a little vacation, but we had family that came down and had vacation time with us, and we went out. Sorry, let me just do this real quick, just to have a little fun with you this morning. We went out. We went out to the beach down there at Gulf Shores, okay. And we're like we're in the water. We get out. You know, we 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 cart the we cart the uh, the. the, the you know, the umbrellas and the, all the stuff. And I'm like, I'm a pack mule. I'm a pack mule at this moment. I'm just carting all the stuff. We get there, my cousin Davin, my, my father-in-law Dan, my uh, brother-in-law Brian and Lucy and the whole family. We're out there on the beach and we, we find our little slice of heaven. And, and it's like there's like the pool, you know, like when you go swim at the pool and you've got the lines, the lanes, and you got to stay in your lane. Everybody knows today you go to the, you, you pick your spot and then you stay in your lane, you stay in your lane. And so we swim out, and all of a sudden there's this fish, and it's under the water, and, and, and I put on the goggles, and my daughter puts on the goggles, and we're swimming, and we start following this fish. And I'm like, following, it's black, it's white, it's got a beautiful tail. And then I'm like, oh, that looks like a tiny little shark. And, uh, but it wasn't. I just wanted to scare the kids. It was fun. And so as we started, as we, it wasn't a shark. So we started swimming, and we were looking, we're looking, we're having fun. And about an hour later, I mean, we, we followed this thing, like, for an hour. And then we look up, and I'm like. <clears throat> you know the drill. You got to spit, and then you're looking. And I'm like doing this, and I can't find my way. I'm like, where is our spot on the beach? Where's our spot on the beach? I don't know about you, but sometimes the current will take us farther down the beach than we want to go, and then all of a sudden you're bumping into other people, and they're like, you're in our slice of eternal ocean, and you've got to get out of our space. And so we're like, do we fight the current and, and go back a mile that way, or do we just 
ah, the, 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 the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, so I'll swim to the ocean and then walk across traffic. Hey, good, good day, good day, good day. And then they're like, what are you doing way down here? And then we get to our spot. But here's the point of all that. We're having fun, we're laughing, because we've all been there, right? We've all been there. But it, sometimes in life, I really think that as Christians and as just people, it's so easy to drift. It's so easy to get our eyes, we get so mesmerized by all this other stuff. And it's beautiful. And even sometimes, it's even like God's creation. But we get so mesmerized by all this stuff, and we start following the current. And actually, we don't even realize it we pick our head up and we're like, where are we? Where are we? And how far off am I now? And I got to find my way back now. And I can't find my spot. And, and, and I, I've taken my eyes, perhaps it was, it was a beach, okay? It was a beach towel. It was an umbrella. No, it was maybe it was like God. I took my eyes off God. I took my eyes off of family. I took my eyes off of what is most important. And I don't know about you today, but if we're being honest with ourselves, sometimes we just have to admit that we've lost some direction and we've lost some focus in our life. And I think we've all agreed this morning that we've said, I don't know what to do always. But today we're going to learn what to do to stay close to God. How many of you ever said, like, God's just so far away, I don't even think he knows where I'm at? We're not even in the same zip code. We're not on the same time zone. Where's God? I think we need to learn what to do to stay close. Everybody say this. I must get closer. I must get closer to God. I must. In Psalm chapter 63, verses 1 through 3, it says this. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do these words describe your relationship with God? Do these words describe your relationship with God during COVID? Do these words describe your relationship? Hey, listen, I'm going to applaud you. I'm going to shout for you. I'm, I'm actually applauding you right now, like cheering you on. You are here today on a Sunday. Amen? Come on. I think your soul, you realize, like, I long for some things. So I congratulate you on that. I am not putting that, this down, but I don't, want, I don't want my thing with God to just be a Sunday fun day thing. Friday, you know, it's like, it's like I need it to be every day. I need it to be every day. And this is what the psalmist David is saying. He's saying, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. I love this word early because in the original context, it suggests an urgency. It suggests with highest priority. It actually suggests earnestly, not just early, earnestly and with fervency. Now that's a big word, fervently. I said fervency. Fervently. I must seek you. That means I got to get intentional about it. So what to do when I don't know what to do? I must get closer to God. I love what Charles Spurgeon, the great Charles Spurgeon wrote, a great theologian and pastor said this, the word early has not only the sense of early in the morning, but that of eagerness, immediateness. He who truly longs for God longs for him now. Everybody say right now. Right now. So how do, I, how do I draw near? How do I get close to God? I must pray. 
I'm going to break down the word pray, P-R-A-Y. I've made it fun so you can maybe remember it. Student, middle school student, adult, young and old, we can remember this word in our life. What if we couldn't meet next week on a Sunday? Everybody say, oh. I would be, just, I would be like, man. But I would want a few things in my life that I know that I could do to stay close to God. Amen. What to do when I don't know what to do. I must pray. P, I must pause. If you're writing notes, write that down. I must pause. It's easy to say, God, I can't find you. It's easy to say, God, you are so far away. But have you ever noticed that we're the ones that separate and drift from God? Not the other way around. I must realize that God is not the moving target. I am. I'm the moving target. Find me, Jesus. I play hide and seek. Not the other way around. He says, I want to be near you and close to you. We're going to prove that today. If I'm going to have a relationship with God, if I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus, if I'm going to be the man of my house, like the man of my house, and pray, I must pray for my kids. But I can't be so hurried, hurried, hurried that I never take time to pause. Some of us don't know where, we at, where we're at today because we never pause. We go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. How do you show someone that you love them with all of your heart? How do you show them? If you rattled off answers, some of you would say stuff like this. And you can shout a couple out if you want to. But how do you, how do you show that you love your spouse with all your heart or someone with all your heart? Some of, some of have said, you give them nice gifts. <laughs> one 13-year-old said, you get them the biggest ring. I found that on the internet. I think it's true was a joke. Do kind things for them. That sounds nice. Talk with them daily. Reflect with them daily. Ask them, how are you doing? Husbands, have you asked your wife, how are you doing lately? Have you paused and prayed? Have you paused and taken a date? Have you paused and shown them how much you love them? You, oh, here's how you stay faithful and loyal to them. No matter what, the highs and the lows, the good times and bad, you stay faithful. You don't lie to them, cheat on them, and run around with people that do. Okay. It's the same way with our relationship with God, right? What if I talk to him daily? What if I sought him out daily? What if I give something to him daily? God, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of giving myself to you today to say, what do you want of me today? And I stay devoted to him, and so that means I can get close to him every day. When, when we do these things, we know that we're drawing close. Listen, I just want to encourage you before we move on from pause, you don't stumble upon a relationship with God. Come on, let me say that again. You don't stumble upon a relationship with God. Have you ever met those people that are like, I, I just accidentally found the one I love? Well, you can accidentally fall right out of love. Is that true? Uh, you might have accidentally, profoundly bumped up to someone in the, in the hallway of the, the high school. You know what I'm saying? And there's my high school sweetheart for life. That could happen, middle school or high school, or it could. But how do you keep that relationship beyond a five-year fling or a thing? How do you? How do you? You be intentional with that relationship. It's the same with God. I must be intentional and pause each day to find a place to seek God. Last week, we looked at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 
verses 2 and 4. This is where King Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah and Israel, they're being surrounded by all these armies, and they don't know what to do. What do you do when they don't know what to do? They literally said, we don't know what to do. But this is what King Jehoshaphat said. Look at verse 2 through Three, actually. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon, Tamar, that is in Gedi. And alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. You've got to pause long enough to inquire of the Lord. You've got to pause long enough every day to ask of the Lord. You've got to pause long enough to say, you know what, it might be worth me skipping this little Debbie snack. It might be worth me skipping this CeCe's Pizza buffet today. It might be worth skipping the CNN buffet today. See how I turned that one around? You the, the CNN, the Fox, the news, the news, the news, the news, the Google, the Google, the Google, the Facebook, the Instagram. Oh, clutter, clutter, clutter. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know if I can hear myself think, and I don't know what to do now because I am confused. I'm telling you, church, we must seek the Lord while he may be found. We must seek him in the morning. Early, we must seek him and pause. Amen. And when you get to that place, you begin to pray with humility. You begin to pray and repent. There's the R. It's not a popular word anymore. I must repent. You know what happens in the presence of God when you actually start to read his word and, and, and pray, and you might even skip a meal and put down the phone and say, I'm turning that off, and I'm going to be intentional with God? Immediately, he starts to just kind of whisper, doesn't he? He kind of just speak to you through his word and say, this is where that attitude needs to shift. This is where you could be a better husband, a better father. This is where you could be a, a person that loves your neighbor. This is where you might need to evaluate your position and you might need to forgive. And in that moment, he, he's actually a, a loving God that is saying, if you would just repent, repent. But we don't love the word repent, do we? Because repent suggests that I might have something wrong, I might have done something wrong. I might have drifted. I might have wondered. I might have lost focus and start looking at things, and I can't. It's foggy, and it's fuzzy, and I just don't know what to do now. And God is saying, repent. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21 through 22. And since we have a great high priest, and that, that person is Jesus Christ, He's over the house of God. I love this verse. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That is a huge verse in the Bible. We could spend a whole series just breaking down that verse, but if I could sum up a few things. The enemy would love for you to stay distant and stay drifting and stay, stay away from what God has for you and stay in that place of I don't know what to do. The enemy would say because you've done something wrong, you cannot draw near. Because you've done something wrong, there is something that separates you. And yes, sin will separate you 
from that relationship, but I'm going to tell you what Jesus did. He said, when I died on the cross and I carried your shame and I went there and I took it on the cross and I took it on the chin and I took it on my back and I carried your cross and your burden and your sin and your drifting, when I did that, I ripped the curtain that separated man from God. So now there is nothing that separates us anymore and you don't have to stay distant. You can actually come boldly up to me and say, God, I I actually can repent and not get a backhand. I can actually repent and you say, I love you. I can actually repent for that attitude. And he say, sit with me, talk with me. I want to pull you in close. I love the verse that says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Listen, church, if you get close to God and just take, I've heard it said, like if you could just take one step toward God in the right direction, he just runs to you like the father that ran to the prodigal son. He's not saying he's far away from you today. He's actually saying, I'm so, so, so very close. Just pause. Just repent. Amen. Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. Search me, God. This is what a prayer could look like in the presence of God. Search me. God, you know my heart. Man, sometimes, oh, we could preach there. Sometimes we, 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 our heart is trying to do the right thing. But we get tripped up. So listen, I love this verse. God, you know my heart. Test me. You know my anxious thought. Every single one of them. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Listen, church, be a quick confessor. Don't carry one, don't carry that thing from day to day to day and then find yourself in the weight of sin. Don't find yourself there where you're, you're like, I'm lost and I don't know my way. You become a quick confessor. I said that. Yes, I did that. Someone approaches you. You said that on Facebook? I can't believe you would say something like that. I did say that. Is there any offensive way with it? No, we start saying, don't pick me apart. I know your past. Girlfriend, I know what you did last summer. I will talk about, I, you know what? I'll post something about you. That's wrong. God, show me if there's any offensive way within me. I'll take that post down. I'll apologize. I'll forgive. I'll let it go. I'll I'll sit down and reason together with my husband. I'll sit down and reason together with the pastor before I just blow out of here or do whatever I want to do or get angry and offensive and bitter and ah! (laughs) What do I do when I don't know what to do? I got to pause and I've got to repent. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And when you do that, you crush pride in your life. The pride that says, I have to be in control all the time, and I have to be right always. And you begin to ask for forgiveness. Psalm 27, verses 8 and 9. I know I'm throwing some scripture away, but I feel like we just need to do this today. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. And I love this prayer that the psalmist David prayed, do not hide your, your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. God, my Savior. I love that. You're my helper, God. God, uh, you say, seek my face. Seek the Lord while he may be found. I'm going to draw near to God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to repent. And then God says, he won't reject us. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. He actually helps us. I love that. You need to know that truth today, that God desires to help you today. 
God is not, like God is not pausing saying, I can't help you. He's saying, I want to help you today. So let's look at A. We've covered P. We've covered R. I must ask. Everybody say ask. Boy, why do we as humans have such a hard time asking? I don't know if I can ask for help. I got this. No, ask for help. James 1, 5 through 6 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all. I love this. Without finding fault, it will be given to you. But when you ask, believe. You must believe and not doubt. Because, of the, one who, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, just drifting in the wind, just carried away all the way down to the end of Fort Morgan. That's a hike. That is a hike, y'all. I started out in OB. Now I'm all the way, all the way down in Fort Morgan. What happened? I got real lost quick. Why'd they put a fort here? Sorry, my, my brain's a little... Man, I don't want... Uh, I have felt in this season that I lack some things. Okay, can we be honest? I have said, God, I lack some things. But ask God to help you. He will show you. He will lead you in the good times, in the bad times, in the ups and in the downs, when you have plenty and when you have want. He will show you what to do for your business, for your family, for your future. God says, I want to give you wisdom. Don't ask me for more things. Okay, you can pray and say, God, you know my situation. I need money. God, I know I need some help. But Lord, he says, he says ask me and I will give you, I love this, wisdom. Because he wants you to know what to do when you don't have money. He wants you to know what to do when your relationship is a little funny between you and your wife. He wants you to to know what to do with your future when you don't know the plan yet. He says, I want to give you wisdom first. Seek wisdom. It's the principal thing. So what does God think about me? Because I've heard the question. It's like I, I heard it in the air. I picked it out of the air, and I just said, and we've all said this, but what does God really think about me and my future? Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. See, a lot of times we read one or two of these verses, and we don't pick up the end of the verse. Let's look at it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I love this. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. This is what I feel the Lord saying to some of us today. God, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know if I'm being heard by you, and I don't know. And he's saying, if you will seek me today, If you will seek me right now, the promise of God to you is this. You will find him. You will find him. He's got good plans for you. He's got a hope for you and a future for you. But you will find him. Some of us don't know what to do. God, I need your help. God, I've repented. said, I'm sorry. You received me. You love me. You put me back on track. And now you're showing me wisdom. You're showing, showing me what to do with my family. As we wrap up today, a couple of more thoughts. I must yield. I must yield. 
This is the final thought today. I must yield. That's a fancy word to say yes. How many of you have ever, you get to the yellow light and what do we normally do? We speed up. (laughs) Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Unless there's a dually in front of you and it's slammed on brakes. Because you can't miss that. You can miss a Celica. You can miss a Honda Accord. You can miss a coupe. You can't miss a dually that's parked in front of you, okay? Ain't enough room. There's not enough ditch on that side. Everybody knows you speed up at a yellow light till you slam into somebody. I must yield. I must say yes to the Lord. When? Today. I must seek the Lord today. He said, if you ask me, I will help you. But this is what I wanted to point out. There was a little, a little family rivalry going on in a chaotic time. And Cain and Abel, early on in the Bible, Genesis chapter 4, It's not even in the notes because right before I came out, I felt like the Lord just showed me this and said, this is what you need to to say today. Genesis chapter four, verse six. It's so fresh. I think it's on Bible Gateway on my phone. It's not even up on the screen and I apologize for that, but I will read this to you. It's not even there. Lord, help me. Genesis chapter four, verse six. This is what happens. Sin is crouching at your door. And it desires to take over you. See, there was a relationship that was going sideways. There was sin that began to develop in one of the brother's hearts. And this was God's word to that person. He sought the Lord. He went to the Lord. Said, Lord, look at what I'm doing for you. Look at all that I've done for you. Look at what I'm giving to you. And he said, listen, son, sin is crouching at your door. And it longs to take you out. It desires to take you over and to take over your family and that generation and that generation and the next generation and it wants to take you out. But this is what the word of the Lord said. It says, but you must rule over it. Everybody say it. I don't know what it is in your life today. But whatever it is that's been keeping you a little distance and keeping you a little drifting from the presence of God, that's been keeping you from seeking the Lord, I'm telling you today, God is saying, come close, come close, and I will help you rule over it. I will help you rule over it. I will give you the strength and I will give you the wisdom and you can overcome that addiction. You can overcome that sin. You can overcome that thing that's just been tossing you around this way and that and now you don't know which way is up and and he's saying, I know you've gotten a little off course but what I'm telling you is that you are closer than you think you are. Make a choice today to get close to God today. I'm going to say that again. Make a choice today to get close to God today. And then I'm going to get close to God tomorrow. I'm going to end with this verse, Psalm chapter 139, verses 17 and 18. This one's on the screen, okay? Take a deep breath. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. Wow, I've had the thought, God, do you even know where I'm at in this season? God, what are your thoughts toward me? And he says this, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of all of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. And I love this, semicolon. It's like a new sentence. When I get 
upset and when I get frustrated and when I get tossed around and I, I get distanced and I don't know what to do, this is what the psalmist David said. I love this. When I awake, I am still with you. Make a choice today. Make a choice to seek him with all of your heart. Make a choice and he'll give you wisdom. Make a choice and he'll help you make the right decision. Make the choice and he'll let you know if you're supposed to marry that joker. <laughs> he could be a good joker, he's a good one. Make a choice today to pray. Make a choice today to seek. Make a choice today to pause, to repent, to ask God for wisdom and then say yes to it, amen? Bow your head and close your eyes. Imagine if we made this choice together as a church to pray, to join 21 days of prayer and fasting, like, like 21 days of prayer, 7 a.m. devotions. I'm gonna do that, Lord. I'm gonna pray for my family. I'm gonna pray for the schools for the next. God, I'm gonna commit to pray every day. I'm gonna, wow. I believe God would share his thoughts. He would encourage you. He would give you his spirit, his joy, his life. He would tell you that I'm with you. I'll never let you down. He's waiting on you today. Will you make that choice? If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to follow him today, I want you to just lift your hand right now in God's presence. Amen. I see your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? I see your hand. Anyone else? Well, let's pray this together, church. Dear Jesus, Thank you for your mercy. I receive the gift of salvation. You died on the cross for my sin, my shame. You took it away. And now I can be close to you. I can have a relationship with you. Jesus, you're my savior, you're my friend, and you're the Lord of my life. And I will get close to you today and tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.